Welcome to the Couch Luckers podcast. Hi, I'm Rob Caldor. And I'm Trent Bartfeld. Welcome to your window into the world of Jewish pop culture. In this episode, we're joined by Australian media icon, Osher Ginsberg. We also talk Oscars and what's happening in the Couch Luckers Facebook group. No, so let's get on with it. Well, uh, we recently had the Oscars and I've got to say, I'm absolutely wrapped in the Parasite wins. Bong Joon-ho is one of the great living auteurs. The film is an absolute masterpiece and it couldn't have been more deserving. Well, we all know that the Oscars isn't a true reflection of the full scope of quality out there, but I think they really got it right this year. Who are the winners and losers, do you think? Yeah, well, that's a tricky question. I mean, obviously Parasite was the big winner. I think the big loser from a sentimental point of view is The Irishman. Scorsese just turning up and producing uh, work that seems to be the culmination of his career with his long-term collaborators in any other year would probably generate a lot of wins. So you could probably say, based on probability, it was the loser. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was probably after a few more. And in terms of the actual night itself, I think uh, Speeches was probably not the winner. What did you think of Joaquin Phoenix's speech? Joaquin Phoenix? Yes. Uh, It was very earnest. It was very heartfelt. Uh, He'd spent the whole of awards season skirting any reference to his departed brother, River. Uh, He finally got a reference in. I think that was well-timed. I'm not sure if... Uh, the Oscars is the best place to talk about animal cruelty. I I know that it comes from a very earnest, sincere place. He has been a vegan practically his whole life. But, uh, you know, you're either preaching to the converted or preaching to people who actually aren't even listening. And I've got to say, very proud of the Maori Jewish connection with Taika Waititi. He is an outstanding filmmaker. He made a beautiful film it required a deftness of touch that would have eluded a lot of filmmakers both in the writing and the direction and he really pulled it off so props to him all around let's forget about the acceptance speech perhaps <laughs> okay what about the music what about it was it the grammys or was it the oscars i'm a bit confused i watched the the broadcast and Boy, there was a lot of uh, music. Uh, it seemed to be the, the night of uh, reaching out to Eminem. That was a big takeaway. Uh, if anyone can explain to me why Eminem was there 17 years after the fact, uh, that's the, I think it was in 2003 that uh, his, his song Lose Yourself did win uh, the Best Song Academy Award. And he famously didn't turn up. But why it means that he needs to come now, I don't know. To me, he was unrecognisable as well. He looked like he actually looked like a lovely barista. So, as you know, this podcast sort of emanates, originates, was born out of the Couch Luckers Facebook group. That's correct. What's been happening in the group? There's a few things that uh, I've really responded to. In particular, is uh, Stephen Campton Smith's post about the return of Fran Drescher to network sitcom land. Uh, she's playing a mother-slash-grandmother in a new NBC show called Indebted. Now, uh, the whole concept of people watching primetime network TV comedies is maybe a little antiquated. Uh, Let's be honest, most people are not watching that anywhere in the world. But, you know, it's a question of, uh, out to Stephen, uh, thanks for letting us know where she's been missed, it's been a long time coming, or maybe on the other hand, Stephen, thanks for the warning. Depending on how you feel about Fran Drescher, I'm uh, more of the persuasion of maybe not being a huge fan, but that shouldn't stop anyone else from watching her show. It also stars 
a really great Jewish comedian called Adam Pally as her son, and an even better Jewish actor called Stephen Weber. Uh, if if you've watched TV in the last 30 years, you would have seen him. Uh, he's particularly great in recent episodes of a show that's on stand called Get Shorty, playing an extremely evil Harvey Weinstein-style film producer. Couldn't recommend that more. The fact that he's in this show with Fran Drescher is already, you know, a plus. So maybe give it a shot. You know, the concept of the show is uh, a couple of uh, baby boomer parents who have gone broke and have to move in with their son and his family. That is kind of contemporary, wouldn't you say? Let's see how it plays out. Uh, In my case, let's not. Let's move on. Anything else happening in the Facebook group you want to chat about? Yeah, there was a really nice recommendation. Uh, It is an old show. But um, it's worth checking out Greg uh, Pickhaver's 2017 show called The Secret of Our Cities. No, I, I think Greg Pickhaver goes by another name. Well, he does, and you should know it well. Okay, it's uh, the wonderful H.G. Nelson. That's correct. He is an Australian comedy institution. But he's also, you know, a serious and thoughtful guy. And he's, he did produce this uh, documentary series about Australian cities a few years ago. It's still on SBS On Demand. And the episode recommended on the Facebook group is about Bondi and and does showcase a lot of the Jewish community of the area. So that's definitely something to catch up on if you haven't seen it already. So, Trent, what's been going on in your world? What are you consuming now? Oh, well, uh, for what it's worth out there, there's two things that I am desperate to talk to anybody about. One of them is the return of Kidding. That's Jim Carrey's uh, show. It's uh, written and created by a nice Jewish boy, Dave Holstein. He is the fantastic writer behind shows you may have watched in the past called Weeds, The Brink, and a show that I love about uh, the history of stand-up comedy called I'm Dying Up Here. It is a beautiful show. It's essentially digging into a fictionalised backstory of the Mr. Rogers character. Jim Carrey plays a troubled man who also happens to be a beloved children's entertainer Uh, on TV, who's been on TV for multiple generations. It is uh, brilliant tonally. If you're a fan of Michel Gondry films, he actually is one of the producers on the show and it's very much like one of his films. I couldn't recommend it more. I'm super excited that season two is back and that's on Stan. The other thing that I have absolutely loved recently, it is a 2018 film, but I've just got to it on Apple iTunes, is a Polish film called Cold War. It is probably the most visually stunning film I've seen of recent times, and that's including things like Ad Astra, which was also beautiful. Uh, This film is set between 1949 and 1964, uh, and it's uh, this deeply moving, yet highly fictionalised retelling of the director's Jewish father and Catholic mother's fractures and fractured, yet beautifully and deeply passionate love story. Uh, It's with subtitles. It's slowly paced, but please give it your time. You'll be deeply, deeply and profoundly rewarded by it. So this is our first Margaret and David moment. Yeah. I would much rather gnaw off my little left toe than watch that film again. It was so slow. They were crossing that Iron Curtain like it was like the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Uh, Well, you know, that does reflect a reality. It wasn't as locked down for Poles as it maybe would have been for East Germans, for example. Uh, If that's the only quibble with the film, fair enough, but it's worth so much more. Uh, It's a profound exploration of tortured love 
And look, I do remember the music being wonderful. Oh, well, yeah, it's uh, set in the world of uh, music. The female character in it is a singer and dancer in a Polish folk uh, music troupe. And the man in the story is the music director, who is also a jazz pianist. So there's a lot of Polish folk music. and There's also a lot of very cool uh, French kind of inspired jazz music in it as well. I, I just couldn't recommend it more. Couch Lutkers, the podcast served hot with a schmear of sour cream. Rob, I feel a debt of gratitude to TV streaming services. Don't we all, Trent? Don't we all? Yeah, yeah, well, because for me, prior to the Netflixes and stands of the online world, most discussions around popular culture were dominated by uh, reality TV and. Um, I've never even watched a second of it. You've never watched any reality no, show? No, no. I've always been left out. I haven't watched anything. Look, I, maybe I've watched a promo or two uh, inadvertently. But not one show, not Survivor, nothing. No, can't say that I have. Well, let me tell you, the promos are gold. In fact, they're pretty much the show. I'll have to take your word for it. I should also say that I'm not judging anyone that does watch reality TV. It's just that I watch a ton of sport and that gives me all the unscripted drama I need. Um, But, you know, over all those years of uh, reality TV show ignorance, little kernels did find their way to me, uh, but only a couple of things actually got implanted in my pop cultural memory. One of them was that there was a time that dancing around wearing bunny ears was a thing because of a contestant in Big Brother. So that's not acceptable anymore? Uh, I guess not. Maybe it is. Okay, I'll take off the ears. Well, I was going to ask you about that. It's probably for the best. It's... uh, (laughs) It doesn't really match your complexion. And the other thing is that if you wanted to give your reality TV show a respectable, thoughtful and authentic human face, you got Osher Ginsberg to host it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a lesson that I've decided to take on board for the Couchluckers podcast. So it's my pleasure to welcome to Couchluckers the host of Australian Idol, The Bachelor and Bachelorette, the masked singer, a photographer and author, a radio presenter and a true great of the broadcasting medium, Osher Ginsberg. All right, so Osher, to... Get things rocking and rolling. Hit we're, me. we're doing what we call the in the fryer section. Where uh-huh. You're like a little lucker. Oh. The, the yeah, oil is frying. Bubbles of oil. You know what? When I, when I first heard you, when you first invited me onto this podcast, it reminded me of the, the best luckers I've ever eaten, which were at um, Orner and Ella on uh, uh, Schenken Street in Tel Aviv. And it's just. Far out, man. Uh, I think like, Osha's just left the building. That's the that's that's the latkes right there. <laughs> that's it. They know in Israel and the Middle East, they know they're fried, dude. They well, essentially, mm. the the thing is, and it's like New Zealand in that it's an island. You can't drive any produce into the country, so all the fruit and veg is you know you can leave it on the vine for so long. The sucrose content can get quite high, so the fruit and veg is just so extraordinarily fresh. It's amazing, dude. That's very cool. All right. These are just top of the head Go. responses. Yeah. Don't think about it. Just answer. Sandler, yes or no? Oh, nah. Mel Brooks or Woody Allen? Oh, Mel Brooks. Why? Oh, fuck. Woody Allen did not write Blazing Saddles or Spaceballs. Okay. This is a tough one, I reckon. Taika Waititi or Sasha Baron Cohen? <laughs> Listen, the balls on Sasha Baron Cohen, but I laugh a lot more at Taika Waititi. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a good call. Boy is an incredible film. Oh, it's up there with some, one of my favourites. Incredible film. And Hunt for the Wilder People, it's unbelievable. Seinfeld or Friends? I can't go with Friends. I can't do it. I can't go there. Can't go there. It just, not nah, doesn't date. 
Because I lived in America for a long time and everything's on syndication and you watch old episodes of Friends, you're like, mm, nah, the, uh, the jokes don't date. I actually uh, checked out an old episode recently and uh, every joke is sexual. Yeah, Everyone. It's not funny. It, has, it hasn't travelled. It doesn't have the legs. Actually, I read it. David Schwimmer was saying, listen, we acknowledge a lot of it was like homophobic. and It was. Know, it was. You know, it doesn't date. It doesn't date. Well, you know, is he still cashing those uh, healthy royalties? I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's using it for his renovations. Yeah, <laughs> on, his, on, his, uh, on his Hamptons house. Um, okay. Do you think it's acceptable to eat chicken soup in front of TV? I think you eat anything you want in front of the TV. Hmm. Well, you know, soup does have a high uh, burn factor. Not sure. The splashier, the better. All right. So when you're watching, what would you rather be, provoked or amused? <sighs> it depends on the day. Generally amused. Hmm. Okay. I don't mind being provoked. I think it's important to, to oh. expose your things to think. Expose. Is there anyone that particularly provokes you? Um, way? I was talking about this just yesterday um, with uh, Josh Zepps at lunch. Uh, look, in the same way that... I'll listen to a Michael Jackson song now and go, oh, fuck, that's a really good song, but... Uh, you know, or watch a Woody Allen film and go... Uh, um, there's some things, you know, that I hear Jordan Peterson say and I go, well, actually, yeah, all right. It's the other stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, ah, oh, come on, man. Can you just not say the other stuff? Because that thing really makes... That's, that's a really good point, that one. But it goes to show that, you know, everything is multi-nuanced and no one is one-dimensional and, and every single one of us has parts that we are at the same time ashamed and disgusted by as we are proud of. And, and that is every human and you have to be okay with that. There are some people that really push that, but we'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, All right. So describing the quintessential Jewish point of view. I appreciate that there's a line. I can see the line. I know that you're all waiting in line, and I really understand that. But I don't wait in line. All right? This, that line is for you. This, I'll, I'm just going to go straight there to the front of the, the queue. I think we've all had that experience, especially in, in, in Israel where you're this little polite Australian. I appreciate that there's a line. I can see the line is there, but I'm, I'm, I need to get my homish right now. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so for the last one, there's a little prize on offer. Thanks to uh, Gold's World of Judaica, we have a nice little muzzle tov sticker. I used to live like two doors down yeah, from that well, place. Uh, I'm, I'm a very frequent customer, what can I say? I've got kids. Yeah, it's <laughs> so all happening. You've yeah. got a choice here. You can either tell us, for the prize, what Drake's full name is. Or, this is a trickier one, maybe you can opt out and, you know, I'll get to keep these stickers for myself. Probably should. Uh, what Natalie Portman's real name is. Oh, it's probably... Rachel or Beth or something like that. No, but it's a look. <laughs> it's a good try. We, we we will give you the stickers no matter what your response is. Oh, are you sure they're pretty good? They're Let, gold. No, oh, take them. Use them for your rewards for your children. What is Natalie Portman's real name? So her real name is Natalie Humschlag. Excellent. Humschlag, I should say. And and Drake is Aubrey Drake Graham, a nice Jewish boy. What can I say? Mate, I tell you, Drake is so good. He's he is one of those people who you're like, how how can you be so 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 hardworking and so talented, and that he dedicated himself so much, and then what he has created, you're like, mate, that's someone who worked every hour of the day since they were a teenager to make that happen. He's 
it's bonkers how good he is. And he's a really good Fortnite player. Is he? Is, I didn't know that. Is <laughs> he's the reason that he, he one day just out of nowhere started live streaming Fortnite and then people just went, holy shit, everyone Drake's on Fortnite. You know, it's like, I don't know, if I, I, I ride a cycling game called Zwift, mm. right? So it's like a, you have a bicycle trainer and it's got a little Bluetooth thing. And, and as, I, as the little man on the, uh, on the um, laptop, as he goes up the hill, my bike trainer gets harder to pedal. All right. It's like me being on Zwift and then suddenly Lance Armstrong shows up next to me. Like, whoa, like there he is in this virtual world riding so next to me. Are you tell me he's as accomplished on Fortnite as he is as a rapper? Apparently he's really quite good. Yeah, it's on Twitch. I think there's someone saved it. You can see it. But he's uh, he's a bit of a curse for a basketball team, isn't he? Listen, he's all right. Come on. Uh, I, I like, they won recently. Did they? I, I don't know. I think he's on a plane holding the trophy, smoking a cigar. So if that's a curse, great. He did well. No, look, we, we love the Drake quoting Seinfeld <laughs> just to bring it, bring it back. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a great work there, Rob. You know what's, what's wild, though? That final episode of Seinfeld was 23 years ago. Jeez. 97. Yeah, so, you know, luckily it's in syndication and luckily it still reruns all the time on Foxtel in Australia, but there's no reason that my 16-year-old should ever know what that show is, you know? Well, they also, I mean, they do things like pick up phones and things like that. A lot yeah. of uh, the tech is dated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else are kids going to learn about ancient technology? Hey, Trent, do you know what's happening this August 18th to the 24th? The Sydney Jewish Writers Festival, Rob. There are local and international guests, speakers, discussions, talks, something for everyone. Sounds like the full Megillah. For more details, go to the Shalom website, www.shalom.edu.au. What are you consuming right now? Uh, Right now, we are chewing our way through The Deuce, which is David Simon's uh, show that he made after The Wire. It is a dramatic retelling of New York in the... Uh, 70s and then the seasons are five years apart which is very very good unlike The Wire which was year on year mm. um, and it basically covers the, the the genesis of the porn scene but it also covers quite wonderfully um, what HIV and AIDS did to the gay scene in America and the, the proto early types of disco and it's, it's, it's very very well done and we're kind of we're chewing through that I pretty much exclusively only listen to the Blind Boy podcast at the moment. I've just become enamoured with Blind Boy. He's an Irish, incredibly intelligent Irish man. He's touring Australia at the moment. Yeah, I think I heard a podcast on Russell Brand. Yeah, he, the, him. Yeah, him. Yeah. He's, oh, if you've never heard of Blind Boy, listen to the one he did on Under the Skin with Russell Brand. If I ever have a moment, all I just listen to is Blind Boy because he'll talk for an hour about impressionist art and then he'll do, he did two back-to-back episodes on the history of disco and then he'll, then he'll talk about about, you know, Che Guevara and that photo that was taken of Che Guevara and how it was an Irish guy that took the photo and made it royalty free and, you know, talks about the, how the rainbow flag, the person that designed the rainbow flag didn't trademark it, made it royalty free. And, you know, you know he's, he's a really interesting, interesting guy. He's, he's like, I mean, podcasting is like a cheat sheet for us all, isn't it? It's the it? best. It's the best. So basically those are the two things that I consume when I do have a moment. Yeah, and that leads us to, you know, ask, you know, how does having a baby in the house affected your ability to consume content? Yeah, well, um, we have two kids. Uh, My oldest is nearly 16 and, uh, you know, so when she was younger, we had to be quite careful about what we could watch uh, when she was awake. But then, you know, now it's it's kind of a different story. Uh, She's very mature young lady but then with wolf it's 
you know you you've got to be careful about about what you're watching and you know you got you read all the things about what screens do for their brains and we've got this massive bloody tv um that we got the other day and i can't believe how little it costs for how huge it is and you, you see his face just kind of going to it and he's like oh i know what that's doing to your neural cortex what's your dirty little secret of viewing my dirty secret or of, listening of viewing or listening Oh, I don't really have any dirty secrets of, of well, listening or viewing. Maybe from the past, if there's nothing... I, if there's anything I regret, I regret spending so much time fascinated with Billy Joel. <laughs> I missed out on... I really could have been diving right into things like, you know, dead Kennedys and, and things like that. I didn't discover that stuff till much later, but I was just so into Billy Joel and I kind of regret having spent so much time in that in that space. Do you think, he, does his stuff lyrically date? He did really well for a time. I think until he started to get right into cocaine and then it all kind of went downhill. The 80s Billy Joel is not anywhere near as good as 70s Billy Joel. Yeah. But it's interesting, there's that whole era <laughs> where I think uh, those adult contemporary male pop stars got destroyed by MTV. I just happened to be reading up about Christopher Cross yesterday because he was the last person before Billie Eilish that won the, the best, you know, the Grammys for the general categories. And I thought, I, I need to remind myself of Christopher Cross. And he is in the same milieu as, mm. as Billy Joel. And those guys just, you know, lost something when it became more visual, I guess. Yeah, he's got such a long way to go to make it to the border of Mexico. That's the problem. It's, you know... So, I wonder what's a deep cut for our younger listeners. Yeah, and then Michael Montgomery. <laughs> Tell me, um, have you walked out of anything? Shows? Yeah, I've walked out of films. I've walked out of gigs. I never used to, but later as I got older, I'm like, I'm tired I don't want to see this band. It's not getting any better. I'm going home. What about what? What movie did you last walk out? Of? I can't remember. I really can't remember, but I have. I did Bridges of Madison County. I walked straight out. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I don't know if this is going to play well, but mine was recent, and it was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh, yeah. I've not seen it yet. Well, there was there's a it's explo- right, there's explosion it. of misogynistic violence that was too much for me. Yeah. I, I really struggle. I struggle with that in um, in the Deuce, with this David Simon thing. I really struggle, and you know, it's about pimps and prostitutes and stuff like that. So you know, there's a pimp hand coming, and when it does happen, I just I have to I close my eyes. I can't bear it. I can't. Yeah. I can't bear it. I'm in the same place. Tell me, telling a young Osha or your you know, your daughter now, sixteen mm. year old. What's essential viewing for them? What's something they have to watch? What's like the show? Oh, the TV show or the film? Either. If I was going to say watch, if you're going to watch anything, there really is, and it's super easy because there's only 13 episodes, but it, it was the building blocks onto which, and, and uh, there's few other sitcoms that ever came close to it. Um, it would be Faulty Towers um, because each episode is pretty much perfect. Um, if you want to watch a, nearly perfectly written film uh, I'd say there's two pretty much perfectly written films as far as the three act structure goes um, Back to the Future, the first one mm-hmm. um, I was once told that film writing a screenplay is essentially spending the first two acts setting mousetraps and the last track, last act is you let them all off 
All right, and Back to the Future is exactly that. All the information you need is in the first act. The second act is like, how's he going to get out of this? Third act, it all pays off. All right, and it's, it's perfect. So there you go. And and maybe Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, it's more kind of like Seven Acts that one. But the, the only really awful part of Raiders of the Lost Ark is where he just outwardly murders the swordsman in the market square, and in cold blood. And it's like, yeah, like at the time you think. Well, I don't know. There was Iranians taking Americans hostage. Maybe they thought, yeah, give it to them. But you know about the background to that. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, Ford was sick. He, the, yeah, if you never watched the film, Harrison Ford was quite ill that day, and they had this whole fight scene choreographed. And he's like, I just can't do it, Spielberg. He's like, I just shoot him, and but he just murders him in cold. And it's really un uncommon for the character. I remember watching it in the theaters, laughing when it happened. But now I'll go, oh, it's not not a good look, Harrison. Not a good look. So I would say. If, if you're interested in filmmaking, watch those two. And if you're interested in sitcoms, watch Faulty Towers. That's good advice. I'm a huge fan of Back to the Future. I watch it at least once a year. First one? Yeah, definitely. Epic. Yeah. I think the second one's not bad. Well, the second one's come to pass. <laughs> you know, we're living, yeah, we're living in did. Biff Tannen's future. <laughs> yeah, it is. Second one, once you start yeah, getting into those weird wormholes of, of two of them being in the same place at the same time, that's that's odd. They tied themselves in a Gordian knot. There's a Gordian knot. Hi, I'm Osher Ginsberg, and you have an excellent taste because you're listening to the Couch Lutkus podcast. Now's a, now's a mm-hmm. time. I don't know if you guys know this. Like, I'm I'm really only half Jewish. Well, the good half, though. Right? Well, just and you know what, just the top half. Yeah. All right, we get you. We get you. It was my dad. All right, yeah. so just yeah, so, just good. so you know. <laughs> Um, so no, I don't. Um, but it's undeniable. No matter where you are, no matter where you sit on the spectrum, you, it's undeniable the lineage, particularly in comedy. Um, it's undeniable the lineage of how that, um, and I'll use the word deliberately, how that shtick came from, uh, you know, upstate New York and the Catskills and all that mm. sort of thing. And that kind of their stand-up comedy wouldn't have happened were it not for that kind of thing. You know, yeah, vaudeville had that. At, you know that kind of set up knockdown. You know, straight man guy. There was a mm. bit of that from vaudeville, but what we know as American stand-up comedy, what you know, came from you know, you know, guys like Lenny Bruce and stuff like that. It, it all, it all. You, you can't deny that lineage. All right, and I, and I think um, it's important to to recognise that that writing uh, history there. You've become a dad of a newborn. Yes. How's that all going? It's it's extraordinary. And I was just telling someone this morning and that um, when I became a stepfather five years ago, there was something that switched in my brain um, where one day she was my girlfriend's kid. The next day, it'd be like, if a bus was going to hit her, I would push her out of the way. Even if it meant I would die, just like that, changed everything. And then changed how I felt about work, changed how I felt about it. It's like, oh, I've, I've got to create got to provide i've got to mm. build everything completely shifted and um until you have that and i'm kind of glad it happened to me as an older man because I, I would have and certainly when i got sober because i would have been way too selfish to accept that when i was younger mm. um yeah it, it i find it it multiplies what you are able to do in your career uh extraordinarily once you have that when because the stakes are really high now and then equally with wolf it's like holy shit you know how am I going to make sure that this kid can breathe air in 10 years? How am I going to make sure that, you know, we live in Sydney, but the weather will be so much warmer by the time he's George's age. 
how the f- how am I going to keep him safe? You know, how am I going to help the world be okay for him to be in? How can I, you know, it's it's extraordinary now to, you know, because I could have just shrugged my shoulders and gone, fuck it, I'm out of here. Yeah. But no, now, you know, you have a kid, you're like, got to work super hard to make sure it's going to be okay. And that's really it. And it's it's fantastic to have that focus. It's terrifying. I held him in my arms yesterday and I cried when I, I read this McKinsey report about um, climate adaption. And it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And I don't understand why we're not talking about it every single day. And why, oh, it's not on the news every single day. Um, you know, probably because it's easier to just pretend it's not happening. But it's well, truly, it's well in the throes of it. And, um, you know, uh, but all I can do is, 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 is try and do my best every day and, and make sure I push it a little bit at, at a time and, and try and talk about it when I can. That's it. Tell me, in, in your ideal world, mm-hmm. building a family... Who would be your ideal Jewish family? Uh, what, from uh, popular culture? Yeah. Well, I don't know about family, but I can definitely say as far as dads go, and this does hark back to my other podcast today with Charlie Clawson, and I've got to remember this one because I'll drop this here and I'll, I'll drop it on, on, on Dad Pod as soon as I can. Um, I think Eugene Levy in American Pie, he's like the the best ever is most understanding he's super dorky wears terrible clothes and just understands his son's ruthless urges to be like it's okay i understand i did much this story do your thing whatever you gotta he's just so patient and so open and yeah well your mother and i before you were born he's like (laughs) he's a really and he's just so kind of that classic you know has all the time in the world for what these hormones are doing to his son and you know just wants the best for his boy it's like absolutely that's that's the first name that i thought of yeah and i just loved his availability it's the it's the heart and soul of those films yeah his availability in all emotional practical yeah spiritual to his yeah. child is awe-inspiring yeah and it's in a silly raunchy comedy yeah yeah he's very in the middle of all that he's very wise in the middle of all that so i would say he'd be the kind of like ultimate uh ultimate drew dad and any bad ones oh jerry stiller in seinfeld yeah without a doubt uh he, he plays seinfeld's dad uh, no george's, no, dad. george's, george's dad. dad he plays george's, george's dad. dad and he's just that relationship he's obviously he's so good Jerry Stiller is so, so, so good. If you don't know who Jerry Stiller is, he plays Ben Stiller's dad in, in Zoolander. He plays him in real life as he, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he plays him in real life. Uh, he plays Ben Stiller's uh, dad, uh, manager in Zoolander. Um, yeah, that relationship, just the shrieking at his wife and the shrieking back and the shrieking at George. And when the three of them are going, it's just like, God damn it, you guys are just it's neurotic. Tell me, so let's go back to your anyone else in your family that you would want to... Pop culture add, family. Pop let's, culture family, let's yeah. be clear. Anyone you want to add to? So we've got, we've got Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy, Jerry Stiller. Um, oh, look, I don't know. I think that's about it, to be honest. Like, I'm just kind of, I think a lot about dads at the moment, so I can't yeah. really think out outside of that. You know, it's actually really challenging to find positive Jewish male portrayals. No, because they're always they're always so neurotic. It'd be Barbara Streisand and Meet the Fockers, the yeah. hippie, the yeah. hippie mum, yeah. who was so loving and welcoming. I was like, it's fine. It's me and your father. We're just having sex in the afternoon. It's fine. <laughs> you know. So 
There you go. That's a good example. The only other positive one that I could think of, and I dedicated probably a ridiculous unnecessary amount of time to this, is uh, Daisy from Driving Miss Daisy. And who remembers the fact that she was actually Jewish in that film? I never watched that, it. That's right. I mean, if you actually put it on, it's something that you know most people wouldn't even remember. I, ne- I know. I, I never watched it. And by the time I it was, I missed it in the theatres, and then back then it was on video. And then by the time it came around to video, I'd already heard Burn Hollywood Burn by Ice Cube and Public Enemy. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm not going near that now. <laughs> For everyone out there, really do listen to Dad Pod, even if you're not a dad. Oh, it's very sweet of you to say. I, I couldn't recommend it more. And obviously, your other podcast, Better Than Yesterday. Thank you. On that lovely note, thank you, Asha. <laughs> thank, thank you, you so you. much. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. The Couch Lutkers podcast, freshing on pop culture so you can take dainty bites. Trent, I've got to say, it was a real honour to speak to Osher Ginsberg. What a charming and thoughtful man. He is... He's more than a compare. He's one of the most knowledgeable people about so many topics. I think anyone that saw him on his recent appearance on Q&A mm. realised that he does more than hand out roses. Yeah, no, it, it seems like, in my opinion, that may be a waste of his talent. Well, I think it, I think it helps him pay a few bills here and there. Oh, yeah. Who are we to judge, right? But, Trent, much more importantly... I can see that you've been sitting on Sprilkers the whole time because you want to tell me about your best and worst Jewish role models from the world of popular culture. Look, I, I did spend a lot of time thinking about this, as I, I mentioned in our chat with Osha. Um, what I'm more interested in is hearing about uh, what other people have. But to give you a little bit of primer, I will put this on the Facebook group and I will mention a couple that I think are no-brainers as far as the best and worst family role models from pop culture. Uh, I, I mentioned, uh, well, and so did Noah, um, Osha for that matter, Noah Levenstein, that's Jim's dad from the American Pie series. I think the worst father depicted on <laughs> on, any, on any TV show is uh, Adam Sandler's character from Uncut Gems. If you haven't seen it, boy, strap yourself in. Uh, as far as siblings, I think the worst sibling is from an excellent film from 1976 called The Marathon Man. Uh, the character is played by Roy Scheider. Check that out. It's famous for the line, Is It Safe? by Laurence Olivier playing a Nazi. Well worth your time. Real thriller. Um, the best brother, I just want to end on this before uh, I say go away and think of your own, is the character played by Jerry Orbach, a nice Jewish man as well. His character's name is Jack Rosenthal. He is, uh, a, the, what's the character's name? It's um, Martin Landau plays a character. It's uh, Judah from Crimes and Misdemeanor, the 1989 Woody Allen film. Jack, the brother, is a gangster. He is. He's a bad man, yet he will do anything for his brother. No questions asked, even if it includes murder. I'm not giving anything away because it's prominent in the film, but that's how far he's willing to go as a brother. He's a gangster, he's a reprobate, he's immoral, but boy, is he there for his brother. Trent, as you mentioned, you'll be sharing this on the Facebook group. I will be, yes, and I'm really, really excited to hear what other people come up with. Uh, you know, I'm, as much thought as I put into it, I'm sure I left out some really obvious ones. So for those that aren't a member of the Couch Latkes Facebook group, simply go to Facebook, mm-hmm. search Couch Latkes, join up, we take anyone. It's time for us to hit the couch. Indeed. Thanks everyone for listening. The Couch Latkes podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and wherever you can find podcasts, definitely buy the Couch Lapkers Facebook page. 
You can leave a review if you like. It's greatly appreciated. It helps enormously. Until next time, Rob. Thanks, Drew. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Couch Luckers podcast. This podcast has been produced by etails.com.au.